Welcome to the podcast, Amazing Tales from Off and On Connecticut's Beaten Path. I'm your host, Mike Allen. With this episode today, we're going to try something a little bit different, a little bit new. Instead of having the usual guest in here for a one-topic episode, we're going to start something called Connecticut Trivia Tidbits. Now, I'm not going to do this every single time, obviously. We're just going to do it occasionally. But we're going to tell a couple of stories about Connecticut stuff and have a couple of little trivia tidbits that I'll throw in, and I'll just handle this all myself. And to make things a little bit fun, I'm going to have a quiz up front with two questions that we'll have the answers for at the very end. So what are you going to hear about? Well, for example, things like, where was Nathan Hale hanged? How many Danburys are there in Fairfield County? You may be surprised. Who was Sarah Jane Campbell Pishon? And I'll tell you, you know who she is. And the interesting landmarker that the last glacier to cover Connecticut left behind. Think, things like that. Anyway, stay tuned for Connecticut Trivia Tidbits, episode number one. I'm Kathy Hermes with Connecticut Explored Magazine. In print and in our podcast, Grading the Nutmeg, we bring you fresh, fascinating, and inspiring stories of the people and places in Connecticut. If you're a regular listener to Amazing Tales, we know you'll love our podcast. Interviews with authors, historians, and changemakers co-hosted by the State Historian Emeritus and the publishers of Connecticut Explored. Available wherever you get your podcasts and at ctexplored.org. Check it out. Welcome to the first edition of Connecticut Trivia Tidbits. This will be just an occasional thing we'll do, not every week or anything like that, but it's going to be a collection of little stories about interesting trivia related to Connecticut history. Now, most of these stories wouldn't really rise to the level of a full standalone episode, but some do, and some I will turn into full-length feature episodes sometime in the future. Now, before we get into the first story, I'm going to give you two trivia questions, and I'll give you the answers at the end of the program, right after the stories are over. So here are the two questions. Number one, how many active farms are there in Connecticut? And question number two, how many four-year colleges are there in Connecticut? Now, this is not something that you need to go and spend your time looking on Google or something to find out the answers. We'll have the answers later. Just take a guess and have some fun while we're going through these stories. So the first trivia tidbit has to do with really one of the very true heroes of Connecticut's long history, the Patriot Nathan Hale. Now he's the one, in case you forgot, who famously said, I regret that I only have one life to lose for my country. And that was right before the British hanged him as a spy. Now, this is one of the stories that I will definitely turn into a standalone feature down the road, so I'm not going to tell the whole story of Nathan Hale right now. What I do want to pass along, though, is the location where he was hanged by the British. Now, I'd always wondered where that took place, and so I dug into it a little bit, and turns out he had been captured the day before his execution, and the execution was in New York City, and that's also where he was captured. Well, of course, New York City is where the British Northern headquarters were during the Revolutionary War. But where in New York City was he actually put to death? Now, I don't know how well you know the five boroughs and everything. It was in Manhattan, and we're going to tell you exactly where in just a second. Well, it turns out that there's a very prominent and well-maintained plaque in Manhattan, and it purports to be within 100 yards of where the gallows were actually located. It's in the Lenox Hills section of Manhattan, which if you know where that is, it's generally Midtown East part of Manhattan, you know, the 60s. It seems that the Boston Post Road heading out of the city in those days 
ran up what is today 3rd Avenue on the east side of Manhattan. And so on the post road was a tavern called Dove Tavern, and that's where the British Royal Artillery Park was located. Now, according to the diary of one of the British officers, Nathan Hale was hanged there. And it turns out that Dove Tavern was located where 66th Street crosses today's 3rd Avenue. Now, sure enough, if you drive north along 3rd Avenue, of course, it's one way so you can only drive northbound, you'll come across TD Ameritrade, their office, between 65th and 66th Streets on your left-hand side as you're going north on 3rd Avenue. And there, firmly and solidly attached to the side of the building, is a large plaque that says the 21-year-old's execution occurred, as far as anyone knows, within 100 yards of that spot. And when was it? Well, it was early on in the war, about September of 1776, and the actual date was September 22nd. It was just a little more than two months after the U.S. actually declared its independence from Great Britain. Well, again, we have a full episode on Nathan Hale coming up in the not-so-distant future, but in the meantime, if you want to see a photo of the plaque that I took in New York City, just log on to my Facebook page at Amazing Tale CT, and you'll find it. By the way, please follow that page while you're there to see much more information about Amazing Tale CT in the future. So our next piece of Connecticut trivia tidbits comes from Fairfield County. Now, Fairfield County is in Connecticut's southwest quarter. Most people know that. And there are some true Connecticut Yankee diehards who feel that Fairfield County is really more an appendage of New York than a true part of Connecticut. But in either case, Fairfield County has 35 different municipalities, and those range from the state's largest city, Bridgeport, to the very sparsely populated and rural Reading. One of the cities is Connecticut's seventh largest, named Danbury. Now, originally, the eight families that settled Danbury after moving north from Norwalk wanted to call their new community Swampfield. In fact, they went to Hartford and they asked for the permission to name the town Swampfield. That's mainly because the main street was indeed a large swamp formed by what is today known as the Still River. Well, thankfully, cooler heads prevailed and the name of a town from Great Britain, Danbury, was given to the land instead of Swampfield. Well, the trivia question here, though, is not the fact that it was called Swampfield Danbury, but the fact that there are actually two Danburys in Fairfield County. One, of course, is the northern section of Fairfield County that we were just talking about, adjacent to Ridgefield, Bethel, New Fairfield, and Brookfield. That's the one that everybody essentially knows about. The second Danbury, though, is a little bit more of a well-kept secret. It's in a section of the town of Fairfield right along the coast of Long Island Sound. Now, technically, the neighborhood is known as Little Danbury. You can Google it. It's located near Jennings Beach. Back in the late 1880s, the coastline of Fairfield, if you can believe it, had no permanent housing structures. It was comprised instead of inexpensive summer cottages. Well, the area came to be known as Little Danbury, and today it's comprised of multi-million dollar homes. And yes, realtors still refer to the neighborhood by its name of Little Danbury. Okay, we're going to head up to Hartford for a story that you probably have heard about but may not know all the details behind it. The topic, a tree. And not just any tree, it's the namesake for many things in Connecticut. It was, in fact, an oak tree, and it was the charter oak. Now, Connecticut's charter was actually a very unusual document, and it was unusual because 
Great Britain granted Connecticut a lot of special powers to operate as a colony that it really hadn't bestowed upon the other colonies. Now, this goes all the way back to 1662. In fact, the charter was known as the Royal Charter of 1662. Well, it turns out the British weren't really happy with what they had done afterwards, and they wanted to replace the charter with a new one that was more restrictive. So they had a meeting with the powers that be of both the British and the Connecticut colony sides at Sanford's Tavern in Hartford. Now, Halloween hadn't started yet, but it occurred on Halloween night, October 31st, 1687. And the British told the Connecticut people there it needed to hand over the charter so it could be replaced. Well, here's where it gets interesting. According to the legend, suddenly all the candles went out. And in the pitch black darkness, a guy named Joe Wadsworth, Joseph Wadsworth, spirited off with the original charter and hid it in a crevice in that charter oak tree. So Connecticut continued to operate under that charter, in fact, until 1818, even after Independence Day, because it was such a good charter that there was no need to change it until 1818. Well, about 40 years after that, in 1856, there was one of those horrible August summertime rainstorms. You know the type, violent thunderstorm, heavy winds and rain. It was on that day, Thursday, August 21st, 1856, that the venerable old Charter Oak finally came crashing down. The tree at the time was 21 feet in circumference, and it was estimated to be close to 1,000 years old. Now, if you ever want to go and pay homage to the tree at its former location, Charter Oak Memorial Park has been formed to protect the land where the tree once grew. And of no surprise, that park is located at the intersection of... Charter Oak Avenue, and Charter Oak Place. It's about seven blocks from Connecticut's Capitol Building in downtown Hartford. Next up on Connecticut Trivia Tidbits, a woman buried in Brookfield, Connecticut, is somebody you definitely know, even if you don't know her by her given name. Her name is Sarah Jane Campbell Pishon, and you'll find her buried in Brookfield Central Cemetery on Federal Road. Well, Sarah Jane did not live a very long life. She was just 21 years old when she passed away, but she managed to become a household name, at least by her stage name. She was born in Greenberg, New York in 1843 and died in Brookfield, Connecticut in 1864, just before the end of the Civil War. Well, she became famous when a museum operator in New York City decided that she was somebody that people would pay a lot of money to see. And you probably guessed it by now, it was the Great American Museum, owned and operated by none other than the up-and-coming entrepreneur Phineas Taylor Barnum, a native of Bethel, Connecticut. Well, P.T. Barnum indeed had a knack for finding persons with unusual characteristics, to say the least, that the general public would pay good money to see, which made him rich. You see, Sarah Jane Campbell Pishon weighed at one time 600 pounds, and yes, she was the original fat lady of the American circus with her first appearance coming at Barnum's New York City-based museum. Well, we've got three more Connecticut trivia tidbits coming up for the program, and then we're going to get to the answers for the trivia quiz. And again, question number one was, how many active farms are there in Connecticut? And number two was, how many four-year colleges are there in Connecticut? Well, nobody I know has ever heard this story, and it's about the very first television station to go on the air in Connecticut. 
Now, most people who live in Connecticut know that we have three primary television stations, and that's meaning, you know, the ones that are broadcast over the air, so you could pick them up with an antenna on the roof of your home if you had one, or rabbit ears, if you even know what those are, attached to your TV set, if you still even own a TV set like that anymore. Most everybody's got their smart TVs. Well, anyway, the three primary stations are Channel 3, WFSB, out of Hartford, Channel 8, WTNH, out of New Haven, and Channel 30, WVIT, out of New Britain. And the question is, which one of those was the first one to broadcast? Yes, it is a trick question, because the first station to broadcast in Connecticut actually broadcast on Channel 6. And Channel 6 went on the air way back in 1948. Now, here's a tip about which station went first. One of the three stations on the air today used to be Channel 6 before it switched to its new channel number. Now, Channel 6, just for historical purposes, was one of the very first TV stations in the United States to broadcast in color, and it was one of the very first, in fact, it may have been the first, to feature a female meteorologist delivering the weather forecast. Well, Channel 6 became Channel 8 in the mid-1950s and obviously continues to broadcast to this very day out of its headquarters in New Haven. Well, now, this is another story that I'll be doing a more complete standalone episode about in the future, but for now, let's just do this as a little bit of a pop quiz. Here's the name of three newspapers, the New York Times, the Philadelphia Inquirer, and the Hartford Currents. Now, here are three dates. 1764, 1829, and 1851. The question is, which of these three newspapers, the New York Times, the Philadelphia Inquirer, or the Hartford Current, started publishing first in 1764, or second in 1829, or third in 1851? All right, well, the answers are the New York Times was the last of these three iconic papers to start publishing. They didn't start until 1851, the Philadelphia Inquirer started in 1829, and yes, it was the Hartford Current, began as a weekly back in 1764, before there was even a country. The Current is the oldest paper in the United States. And last but not least here on Connecticut Trivia Tidbits, we're going way back to the time of the last ice age in the state of Connecticut. So set your clocks back about 18,000 years. And the last glacier to cover Connecticut stretched from the Arctic Circle all the way across the state and went then further south. But when the most recent ice age finally ended and the glacier started to retreat back into Canada and the frozen tundra north of there, it left its mark on our area and a very well-known landmarker that I guarantee you've heard of. In fact, I can't look at a map today without seeing it stand out for everybody to see. It's really very obvious where the ice stopped before it started heading back towards the North Pole. That landmass is none other than Long Island. That huge deposit of sand left there by the glacier almost 20,000 years ago is the most important defense that Connecticut has against Atlantic Ocean storms. Long Island acts as a buffer and keeps Connecticut from suffering worse damage during hurricanes and other severe weather events. Okay, now the answers to our two trivia questions. How many active farms are there in Connecticut? Well, the answer is 5,500. Now, this includes dairy farms, farms for crops, farms for growing Christmas trees, and everything else in between. But that's a pretty healthy number. And the second question was, how many four-year colleges are there in Connecticut? 
Well, if you go from Yale to the University of Connecticut system and everything in between, the answer is 30. That wraps up this episode of Amazing Tales from Off and On Connecticut's Beaten Path. I hope you enjoyed this first edition of Connecticut Trivia Tidbits, a mixture of stories and quizzes about Connecticut and points in its history. We'll do this on occasion from now and again. Well, if you like the show, make sure you follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and tell your family, friends, and colleagues to follow it as well. And in between episodes, please check out my Facebook page at Amazing Tales CT. Amazing Tales from Off and On, Connecticut's Beaten Path is a production of True North Associates, LLC. This is Mike Allen. Be safe and stay healthy.